Welcome, folks, to another Bruins postgame podcast. I am Matt Dolla from 98.5 The Sports Hub. I'm here with Ty Anderson, as we are after every single Bruins playoff game, win or lose. Tonight, unfortunately, it's a loss for the city of Boston. Bruins lose in regulation. I thought that game was going to overtime, but then uh, Matt Barzell with the clutch goal late, batting the puck out of the air. He feels like he's sort of woken up a bit, even though, I mean, it was just the one goal. But, yeah, uh, Ty, my big takeaway from tonight uh, the Bruins really need Brandon Carlo back. Uh, the Islanders all over the front of the net. Carlo is such a steady presence back there, keeping keeping the guys away from the front of the net, just around that area. And they they were swarming for most of that game. I thought Tuukka Rask was phenomenal for most of that game. He made a lot of big saves. And uh, he just couldn't make the, the one on Barzell at the end. It was a, kind of a fluky play, crazy bounce, and a crazy play by Barzell to – knock the puck out of the air. So, I mean, I'm not going to get on him too much for that. The other one, defensive breakdown. You know, and I feel like, you know, it was the lack of experience of these guys playing in those particular pairs, they were sort of mixed up throughout the night, it felt like. Uh, they, they just – they don't have much experience playing with each other in those particular pairs, and it, and it showed. I mean, even Charlie McAvoy had maybe the ugliest turnover of the night when he passed it to nobody, and then the Islanders almost scored. So – I mean, my big takeaway from the game is if they don't get Brandon Carlo back, it's going to be a lot tougher for them to, to close out this series. And I still think they will. I, I've been saying all along that the series is going to be 2-2 coming back to Boston. So they can they could easily just turn it right around going back home on uh, Monday night in game five. But my big takeaway is they really, really need to get Brandon Carlo back in the lineup. And I, I don't know if they will because we're probably talking about a head injury. So I don't know how severe it is. I know he was – he was watching practice today, so I, I don't know if that's a good sign or not. But um, I mean, my, that's my that's my thing with this game is I don't I don't love the, the way the defense looks if this is how they're going to be constituted the rest of the series. No, and if they're not going to get Brandon Carlo back, they need to get Kevin Miller back. Uh, it, they need one of these guys back because uh, only one player played less at five on five than Jared Snorty, and that was Chris Wagner. Uh, you're playing with five D. You, you just can't do that against a team like this. Uh, too much effort, uh, too many shifts where they're wearing you down. So to only have 5D uh, basically for a whole game, it, it not injury-related, not in-game injury-related, is is horrible. And I know, I know that Tenorti had the fight. Um, I with, thought Tenorti had a decent game, but I guess I guess to your point, maybe they were hiding him a little bit because he didn't play a ton of minutes overall. Yeah, I mean, you can have a decent game, but if you're not being deployed on a regular enough basis, I mean, it, it, it's almost like, well, what's the point? Right. Um, you know, so that's that's how I look at that, and yeah, just you know, it it was a odd game from the defense from that standpoint, um, and also some of the guys you leaned on tonight. I thought, you know, I thought that you mentioned it, McAvoy, uh, not quite the game that that I I expected out of him. Riley, a disappointing game. I, I thought after what was his best game uh, in game three. So you knew coming into this game, you're going to lean on these guys, and don't think they delivered quite like they have this postseason or even last game for that matter. So add it all up and it's a loss for the Bruins. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be squirrely for the rest of the series if this is how they're going to be built. Um, But just to switch gears to the forwards. uh, I mean, I thought it was another pretty good game. I thought for the top six, I mean, they, they had their share of opportunities. Krejci scored his first goal of the of the postseason or of the series I should say and uh, Taylor Hall I thought had another decent game they 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 were cooking out there for a lot of that game but it's the bottom six I think that's 
continuing to be a concern, and I think it gets even it's it got maybe worse tonight than it's ever been. I mean, the fourth line's getting their ass kicked. I don't know if there's much you can do about that because the the Islanders just have the better fourth line. But the I mean, Jake DeBrusque. I mean, you, I know he texted me during the game. He's like, I think I've seen enough of DeBrusque, and I, I get it. I think there were maybe a couple ships tonight where he had a decent four check. I thought like he had made a couple of decent plays out there, but most of the time. He's just floating out there. He's floating back and forth, up and down, and not really making much of an impact offensively for sure, and not really making an impact anywhere on the ice. So I don't know if they, if they put Carson Coleman in there for Jake DeBrusque, if they, if, they, if they move him down to the fourth line and they put someone else in there, if they have to bring in Trent Frederick for some kind of a spark. Is there a solution there for the bottom six? You got to do something. I mean, this is, this is rough. This is just, you have, you're getting nothing from, from any of them. And it, it's just, it, it's too much. And I think that the, the frustrating part is that Coil has, has come alive here in, in recent days, but he has effectively what feels like two anchors on his line. And so they're just not generating nearly enough, uh, yeah, DeBrusque, I mean, he, he, he had a shift there where he was battling hard along the, along the wall, extending uh, the offensive zone time, and, and that was great. But it, it, it wasn't there the next shift, and, and that's, the frustra- that's the frustration with Jake DeBrusque. That's never consistent enough. Game to game and now shift to shift. It's just it, – there's too much it's, – it's, it's too much. You need something out of him. And it's frustrating because he, he began the postseason on a strong note in a fourth line role. They elevated him to the, to the third line, and and poof, it's gone. Right, it, and when it, they when they sit him, like he tends to come back, and he has a little sugar rush. He has two or three good games, but then it just sort of wears off. So I, I don't know what the deal is with him. It like if, it has to be mental, you know what I mean? Because I know that he's not. I know he's not the most skilled guy. But he could be making more of an impact than he is. He could be making a similar impact to what you're seeing from the Islanders' bottom six. Guys like Sezekis, like those guys, those guys are making an impact out there, even if they're not scoring all the time. You know, you notice them. They're, they're forechecking hard. They're, they're keeping the puck in deep. They're taking it to, to the Bruins' defense at times. And you're really just not seeing it from, from that line, really. I mean, I guess Richie is what he is at this point. He, 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 like the game is probably too fast for him at this stage of the season. And Coyle, I mean, Coyle's had a couple of good games, I think, lately but he's he's obviously just not producing at, at the level you wanted to produce at he, he barely ever does but I think DeBrusque is the one DeBrusque is the one that I think they they might have to put him up on nine for for game five yeah I mean they they, they gotta do something because this isn't working and it's just not working and you know you look at it and they're throwing the fourth line out there with two minutes and 20 seconds left and they need a goal in the third period and it's just like what are you doing? And, and maybe it's a little bit different if you have a third line that's working, but again, it just comes back to the point that this bottom six is getting its ass kicked. It's not mm-hmm. delivering. It's not even breaking even. It, it, it's, it's a minus for your team right now. And that's a problem. You, you, you need more out of that grouping and yeah, you have Coleman, uh, you have Trent Frederick. I mean, these are your options. You should probably use one of them at, at least at this point. Uh, because this is a big game here, this game five, but there's been nothing, there's been nothing from this bottom six that would lead you to believe that their luck is going to turn or they're just not getting, like, they're not generating anything. It doesn't matter. They're not generating anything. So I, I'm with you that this, this matchup feels too fast for Richie. 
Uh, for DeBrusque, I don't know if it's it's on his right side, so he feels out of place, but he's been playing the right side for a while now. He should be used to it by now. Uh, so there's just not enough. I, I, and, and it comes back to what do you want to do? You know, do you want to put Kuhlman with Richie and, and Coyle? Listen, they got a goal when they were together. You know, like they, 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 they yep. score on, I think, their first shift together in, in game two. So you can do that. That's an option. Your fourth line, if you want to put Frederick in there to try to counteract what Clutterbuck and Martin are doing, go for it. I, I'm I'm totally okay sitting at least one of these guys for game five because stage is getting bigger and these guys are getting smaller. So you, you really want to make a change there, get some more pop in your lineup, and, and go from there. I'm not saying this matchup is too fast for Nick Ritchie. I'm saying the Stanley Cup playoffs are too fast for Nick Ritchie. That, that was – yeah i be clear so yeah and i and i can definitely see that i think there are certain teams that you want him in there like i think you want him in there against pat maroon if that makes sense like yeah i would say so yeah but the the i thought this series would be good for him yeah he's not facing like that's thing he's not facing a matt martin right like he's out there i mean tonight that goal he's out there against barzell in their top line it's not a good matchup for him it's just not so You need to go against a team that I, I think makes more sense for someone like Richie, you know, whether that's the Blues, um, you know, like example, the, the Blues in 2019 or the, the Lightning's bottom six last year, you know, like you need them for that kind of matchup versus, you know, opposed to what you have here. Like, like, let's just say Carolina were to move on, right? Like that wouldn't really be a Richie series either, you know, the way that they're built. So yeah, it, it's just, you're not getting enough though, again, from, from, any of those lines right now. And it's putting a lot of pressure on those top two where the Islanders can basically, now they can key in on, they, they, they did have to pick one line, right. But now they can key in on both. Cause if the bottom six is giving you nothing, it's almost like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're out there, whatever we can, we can get our, our breath here and then we throw those guys back out there. So the trickle down effect, triple up the trickle up effect rather is uh, brutal. Trickle up economics. Yeah. The bottom six, not generating much, not certainly not finishing, but uh, the most egregious, non-finish of the evening, of course, goes to one David Posternock, who uh, missed the ocean when uh, Patrice Bergeron set him up for what should have been the easiest playoff goal of his career. For some ungodly reason, he, he goes for, for this, like, rocket one-timer when he had more than enough time to settle that puck on his stick and just gently uh, whip, it, whip it straight ahead and get it in there. Barlama was not going to make a diving save. You know, all he needed to do was take a little, little split second extra to make sure he's settled and he's set and fire that puck home. And I know it's, this is where you might hear from someone, well, you've never played the games. So you don't know. Look, I get it. I'm not saying I would have scored. That's the hot take. I could have put that puck in. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying David Pasternak absolutely has to put that puck in that net. And that's, that's not a hot take at all. He had to do that. It was a scoreless game at the time. And if he scores that, the whole complexion of the game is different. If they, they go up one nothing on the strength of that first line, totally making Barlamov look silly at the end of that first period, totally different game. So I don't know. Is it is it unfair that I'm putting too much on that Pasternak miss? I was saying I was saying it loomed large right after the Barzell goal in the third period. It's like Pasternak puts that one home, completely different game. And he I mean, I, I don't want to say he was invisible after that, but you didn't hear much from Pasternak after that miss no he, he he kept shooting but was there was there a chance as good as the one that hit the post of course not, not even close no. no and you know it, it's listen it's tough for me to 
completely crush Pasternak tonight when I look at the the raw data for the rest of the Bruins, right? Like, mm. let me ask you this. I, I want to see if you can guess this because this is this is like embarrassingly bad. There were three Bruins tonight that had multiple shots at five on five. Do you do you want to just take a guess who they were? Uh, Bergeron. Nope. Bergeron didn't have more than one. Not at five on five. No. Oh jeez, Marshawn. Yeah. Nope. Oh jeez, I don't know. I have no idea. The three were, were Chris <laughs> Wagner, Jake DeBrusque, and Connor Clifton. Clifton had the most. He had three. Wow. I mean, it's just it's just not good enough. I mean, it's right. just no. They, you know, they it, work. They are collapsing, and they're they're making it hard for them to get to the front of the net right now. Yeah, and, and so you look at that and you say, you know, hey, shit happens when you hit that post, right? It's what we said about Jeremy Lozon after game two. He had a bad game, and that's what Bruins said. I thought he you had know, another good game tonight. By the way. He did. He was, for, yeah. Except for, I mean, was it him that sort of floated on on the first Islanders goal? They sort of vacated the entire front of the front of the net, like all all of them. Yeah, they did have Charlie a Coyle was, go behind was the a, net. A cone was a traffic cone. Yeah, on that yeah, not not ideal. No, and, not ideal at all. And, Sorry and to break so, your train of thought there. No, no, no. It's okay because that's the whole thing, right? Like you should be able to overcome hitting a post, like that. So that's why, especially in that spot, in that situation. Um, so that's why I have a hard time saying, well, it, it, you know, that's why. Well, no, it, 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 this team is tough enough to overcome hitting a post, not the Maple Leafs. You know what I mean? Like, like they should be able to overcome that mentally. And, and the only way you do that is by uh, getting some more shots on goal, which, again, this team did not do a good enough job of uh, at five on five. They're big guns. They played fine, sure, but but they didn't have that extended – zone time right like it felt like every shift they would get over the under zone it was out in five seconds there wasn't that extended zone time that really makes those two lines dangerous so that that's what i would say yeah i mean it's just you could tell like i was i, was, I kept track of the shots on goal because for a while the bruins were out shooting the islanders but it didn't feel that way felt like the islanders were getting the much much higher quality opportunities and I mean, I don't know how you fix that. I mean, they could fix it by one getting Carlo back and I guess limiting the other team. But offensively, they they, they got to try something else. I, I know Cassidy has said that they got to get more offense or more like attacking from the blue line, which they did get more of in game three, but I felt like they sort of reverted uh, tonight. And I mean, part of that is probably being uh, shorthanded on defense and they're just like, they don't even know how to play with each other. So it's sort of hard to get coordinated, let alone do exactly what the coach wants. But, you know, there's got to be an adjustment. Yeah, there, there, there has to be. I mean, do you want to go back to having that third line be Richie, Corrali, and Coyle? Like, do, do you want to do that or do you want to keep Coyle in the middle there? I mean, you're kind of here. I would say you put Coleman in there with Richie and, and – uh, and um uh coil sorry about that and then and then your fourth <laughs> I was line trying a point too i was like i, I, I yeah don't know. I got and then the fourth line based on the usage tonight and how R- wagner was taken out of the rotation and i've liked chris wagner's game but maybe you put frederick in and you move uh lazar or corrali uh to the right to the right wing that would be an off wing for corrali but still 
and then you put Frederick in there at left wing and Corrali at center. So I want to see I want to see uh, Frederick. I want because Frederick yeah. I think is a guy that can stand up to the Matt Martins and the the Cal Clutterbucks and tell them, all right, you're not going to pull that crap with me, Sonny Boy. All night, you know. I yeah, know they're it, veterans and he's a kid, but he can stand up to them. And the other part of it too is okay. Well, let's say he's not gonna. Let's say he's not going to uh, do that. Let's just say he's not going to. They're going to ignore him or whatever. All right, he can still finish. He can still finish on defensemen on the forecheck, which this Bruins team has not done well in this series. Uh, you need guys who can make life hell for Adam Pellix and, and Andy Greens and just make them second guess what they're doing out there. And I, I got a feeling that if you, put, if you put Frederick in the spot here, I said this in round one when they didn't go to him, you know, it, when, I, when we thought they might he's going to be shot out of a cannon. Like that's the way it's going to be, you know, like you put him in and he's going to be shot, shot out of a cannon, pure energy. It's going to be like Sean Thornton in 2011 when he came in against the Canucks uh, in game, in game four, I think it was game three or game four in Boston, whatever it was. And he was just causing havoc all night, you know? So I think you're going to see, it was game three. Sorry about that. Um, You're going to see something like that. If you go to Frederick and this might be the time for that. The team's flat. You're not generating. All right. Put the shot of energy in there and see what happens. My concern there is that they might say, well, it, you know, it's not like we're down 3-2 or it's not like we're down 3-1 or anything. We're tied 2-2 and we're going back home. So, we're, I mean, it's not like we have to make drastic changes or anything like that, you know. Maybe that's how they're looking at it. But, you know, if, the, if this, the, these problems continue in, in game five and they go down 3-2, it might be, it might be too late. So, I feel like we got to see it Monday night, these adjustments yeah, he- we're talking about with the lineup. You want to be ahead of it, right, versus chasing it. And that's sort of the problem they've had in the past that they've been chasing after it versus getting ahead of it before it's too late. So, yeah, I want to see – I do want to see a change here because I don't think it can get any worse, and I don't want to see it get any worse. I think you need to see it addressed here, if not for – if not for just send, you know just sending a message that – the effort you've seen from these guys is not acceptable and, and you need more. So I, I would do this. I really would. Do you think Matt Barzell took a dive? Do you think he was embellishing when, when David Krejci gave him a shot to the old uh, Frank and beans there? I think he was laying down for a little bit longer than he had to, but, but getting <laughs> part of me wants to hurts. say like, well, what, what, have you ever been hit in the testicles? That, that is not, that is not a pleasant feeling. Um, yeah, but I mean I, that was just. I'm glad they only gave him a, a minor penalty on that. It was a that was a little bit of a stupid retaliation retaliation by Krejci. But that is your garden variety shot to the cockles. That was that wasn't the NBC broadcaster kept saying it was a spear. Clearly a spear. It's like this. I thought this guy watched hockey. What's he talking about? I I can't believe it was an obvious slash to to the nuts. I just can't believe that NBC. Had just has given the Boston New York series the D crew. I like I I can't believe that to be honest with you. Joe Micheletti is m- perhaps the worst guy on their roster in Joe terms Micheletti. of like that's the guy he, I'm referring to. Yep. He stinks. Good lord, he's awful. I thought and, that was and poor analysis on on the creature. Pimple. He's been bad all series. But anyways, uh, going back to the spear and reviewing it for a major uh, after the game, Cassidy uh, played the Ruby card. He finally did it. He he's played the Baruby card. Uh, nice. He said that that uh, is referring to the 2019 Stanley Cup Final when Baruby said, "Hey refs, you got to start calling this stuff." And lo and behold, they started doing it, and that exactly. worked in the Blues' favor. Exactly. Uh, after the game tonight, he said that uh, he doesn't think that they've been making the calls to benefit the Bruins all postseason long. 
he said, hey, they see what they see. We're not going to bitch about it. We're going to try to play through it. But it would help if uh, they would do this. And I got to be honest with you. Tonight, I don't think he's that wrong. I really don't. And, you know, you call the high stick on McAvoy. Yes, that is a high stick. That is a blatant high stick. However, you missed the clear as day board on McAvoy 35 seconds prior. And you missed the high stick on Lozon before that. You also, you know, it's a spear or it's a slash, whatever you want to call it. Krejci gets him, but you missed the four, four, the, the four cross checks, right? To a guy right. who's not, like not for playing no the puck. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. And and then again, we go, we go back to the end of game three. You call that cross check on Corrali. So am I to believe that if Krejci throws himself forward into the boards, then you're going to be, believe it? And if that's the case, that's a problem because you're not calling the game. You're calling you know, the dramatics, the theatrics right. of what you see. Right. And I think that's been a big difference uh, for the Bruins in the series is that when they are getting hit or when they are getting whatever, they play through it. They're getting up, they're getting back in the play, or they're, they're trying to keep pursuing the puck, whatever the case may be. So I, I, I'm sitting here saying, well, maybe the Bruins have to act more. And it's like, wow, these referees really are stormtroopers from Star Wars. You can just wave your hand and say what you, what actually, what didn't happen, and they'll believe it. I mean, let's start taking some dives. Screw it. I don't care. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's do just... what you can to win and whatever. But the thing is, they don't have to depend on the power play these days. You know, they can, they're capable of scoring five on five. So it's not like they're that team. But, you know, if these guys are going to be laying on the ground for half an hour after, you know, a little tap, I mean, why can't well, two can play that game? No, no, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, you might, you may see more of that here. I mean, Frederick's not afraid to, to uh, throw himself backwards. If something happens, he's pretty good drawing penalties during the regular season. Maybe another reason why you go to him uh, in game five in Boston. So uh, Kuhlman has the speed to draw penalties, especially against a, a bigger defense, you know, with the Mayfields and, and, and the Pollocks and, and whatnot. So that, that, that might be a reason why you make that move as well. But, yeah, the Bruins have to, uh, you know, they have to, they ha- they have to get more, uh, you know, across the board for in every phase of yeah. the game, offensively, defensively, even drawn penalties, power play. Uh, speaking of power play, the worst part of this game was, and it was alluded to by both Cassidy and Trotz, was that power play opportunity off the failed challenge by New York. Just the Bruins didn't shoot. That was they, bad power play from what they I just didn't right. shoot. And speaking after the game, Cassidy said, yep, that was momentum killer for us. And Trotz said, that gave us a lot of juice. Yeah. And it's like, that's just bad. Absolutely could have put that game away at that point. That was, yeah, big, big missed opportunity, I thought. Um, Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I would like to see Carson Coleman just swap in for Jake DeBrusque if that's all – if they had to make just one change. I'd like that because Carson Coleman can can skate back and forth up and down the ice and just try to give you like a mediocre forecheck. He can do that. You know, but I think he'll give you even more energy, more intensity, and probably even a better chance to to finish these plays. So, I'd like to see that. But I mean, let's just say they they keep they still keep it the same with the forward group, and say they say they do get Brandon Carlo back for Game Five. Do you think that's enough? Is that do you think that's if that that would be enough if they just get Carlo back and they solidify the back end once again and they go back home? Do you think they can just uh, they can take care of business that way? Yeah, I. I... I do think so, especially when you look at the the deployment of Carlo in this series has been going against Barzal for uh, 
quite a healthy amount. Uh, at five on five, I'm pretty sure it was 18 minutes against Barzell, and Barzell only had 25 against everyone else. So it's almost almost half, really, uh, was, was Carlo on Barzell. And you look at the way that the Bruins handled that, you know, zero goals for the Islanders during that 18 minutes. You need that, right? Like, he's yeah. our most talented player, and he's played his best two games of the series, um, and he scored two goals with Carlo out of action, unavailable. Right. Exactly. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, there you go. Yeah, right and tonight's goal is a, is a fluke goal. It, it's a crazy goal. It comes with McAvoy out there. So, so you don't want to say, oh, that's them taking advantage of, of a bad matchup. But again, I mean, Carlo's been pretty good on Barzal in terms of being on him, denying him space, opportunities, uh, whatever the case may be. So maybe there's a bit more awareness there. Maybe Carlo sees Barzal coming and just gets right in the way preemptively. Um, so yeah, they they need him back, and if they do, I mean, this is what they need more than Carlo and anyone else. Any lineup changes, they need to score on the power play. They need to stop letting the Islanders hang around. If they score on the power play and, and make it two nothing, both in games three and four, these games are over. They're not close. Right. The Islanders are built to hang around, hang around, hang around. You got to get that insurance goal. You got to extend leads. If you Feels do that, like, these are easy wins. Feels like they're more productive on the the penalty kill tonight than the power play offensively. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, I know we're talking about Richie and how he struggled and everything in between. I would put that big ass back in front of Varlamov on the power play. They need a now net front presence on that power hawks, play. Park those ham hocks right at the top of the crease. <laughs> uh, Have a nice turkey dinner. It's missing right now. I think it's missing. And 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 look at the goal they scored tonight in the power play. It's Bergeron and Marchand there at the front of the net. But it's chaos. It's chaos in front of Arlamov, and Krejci corrals it and scores, and and you're on the board. So, you you know it, that's again that that's uh, I I just put a big body there. I I tinker with that. Whether it's you put Coyle or you put Richie, you got to put somebody back back in front of that uh, in front of that in the power play. All Rumham out there, Nick Richie. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've exhausted all the topics from this game. Um, you know, hopefully the Bruins just get Brandon Carlo back for game five. I've been saying this whole, this whole time, Bruins, it's probably going to be two, two coming back here for game five. And, you know, it's hard to feel great about the Bruins right now after, after what they did tonight, but if they get Brandon Carlo back, obviously it's going to make a huge difference on the defense. And I think we're both on the same page. We hope to see some tinkering with, with the forward groups there, the bottom six anyway. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a, anything specific, but I think just some, some retooling is, is needed there. So, uh, well, this is a special edition of the Sidelines Podcast, Bruins post-game edition. Ty, I'll go to you for final thoughts before we get out of here. Final thoughts is best of three. You have home ice uh, with the matchup, the way it's gone. Uh, you should be able to win this series. You really should. Uh, so, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's 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 2-2. They've been in the spot before. It just depends on what version you get uh, of the, the lineup. You know, if they're relying on yep. one line to carry them, I, I don't love their chances. But if, if again, they can use home ice their advantage and put the right lines out there when the situation calls for it, uh, this is a winnable series. I mean, they've been the, they've carried play. They've carried play for the majority of the series. They just got to get some goals and they got to build in their lead. And, and the series should be, should be theirs for the taking. Right. Despite all we've seen, I still feel like the only way the Islanders actually win this series is is if Varlamov steals it for them. And, it, you know, it's possible. But I just 
I just don't see it. I think the Bruins, if anything, they, they get to game seven and it's a repeat of game one that the skill finally takes over and that's, and that's it. But um, I mean, we'll see. It's getting a little squirrely for the Bruins out there, folks. How you feeling? I don't think a vibe check would go very well right now. What is, uh, probably not now, but it, but it never does after every single loss. I mean, the season's no. been over now at least 20 times, and they still have a game scheduled for Monday, so pretty amazing. All right. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, thanks. I love you. Special Bruins post-game edition. We're going to do it after every single Bruins playoff game, win or lose. So we will see you again Monday night after game five. Good night, folks. Thank you.